0: Today on CodePen Radio. Hey everybody, CodePen Radio number 391. Maybe we'll just call it TypeScript, because that's what we're going to talk about. Not a particularly new technology, but new to CodePen. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> You're so welcome. Yeah. Apologies in advance. <laughs> Thanks is in quotes. Yeah. And that's Mr. Shaw. How you doing, Stephen? Hey, how's it going? Good, um so that's the thing we d- for the first time ever do have I guess you could consider a production maybe I don't know I, I don't know whatever there's some typescript in the code pen code base whether those things are have made it all the way to production I think they have because I think some of our componentry is in it so typescript in production <laughs> <laughs> code pen um it was. You know, so that's what we're going to talk about. It's tempting to to put some of us on the pro TypeScript side, some of us on anti, and let us duke it out. But as it turns out, I think all three of us have some. You know, Robert could I think can argue either side because I think you've mentioned as you know, say four years ago you were kind of anti, and then I don't. Oh, I I I hated it. you, You hated it, and then came around to it. So we'll get to that story. Um. Stephen has certainly felt the pain of <laughs> our our implementation of it, as we all have, because it wasn't just one of those decisions like, hey, let's turn on TypeScript. Oh, this is the syntax is so funky, but we can get over it. It's not really that. I think all of us here are pretty smart about syntax and could battle our way through that. It was more of a DevOps battle. <laughs> So yeah. we can get yeah. into all that. And then we can we might as well do the, you know, for people listening that are just like, why would you bother? You know, what is it? That kind of thing. We don't need to spend too much time on, on what it is. It's typed JavaScript. You have to process it into JavaScript for the browser to understand it. Microsoft made it. They it's it's taken over the industry probably half of projects use typescript all kinds of crap does v s code supports it well blah blah so I probably we don't I, I only because I think there's enough podcasts out there that have explained what typescript is. go listen to them. let's get into our like codepens uh, specific journey because that's more about what this po- code pass, or uh, podcast is about first of all, Robert, why did you even try to convince codepen that we should Travel down this road, knowing that we have zero TypeScript. Why? Why did you do data. this to us, Robert? Why? Did you do <laughs> why? <this? laughs> why?
1: Why? Why? Um, <laughs> well, so my, my my journey with TypeScript started. Um, it really started uh, probably two years ago when I um, when I was switching away from being sort of a, a vanilla JS guy and who you know I, who had coded in Vim um, for years. So. Um, I, I had sort of this epiphany of like I'm you know I'm an aging developer I probably need to brush up on my my modern you know stack my modern tech stack so I switched to VS code and at the same time I was like you know I want to check out this TypeScript thing that I've I've heard so much about and, and probably complained about even more um, so I
0: wow so you did it just because you're like I'm gonna bone up
1: well yeah I it was yeah exactly I, and so I had a Um, I had a project, uh, the the NPM graph website, which some people may be familiar with that I'd written in all JS and I ported that to typescript. Um, and it was, it was a pretty, pretty good experience. And the thing that I, that really made an impression on me was just how, how profound a difference it made it made in terms of my awareness of all the little shortcuts and, you know, and, and kind of just places where my code was sloppy and I, I never really thought about it you know like i said i've been doing js for a long time and i'd like to think i'm you know, a pretty good programmer like i know my way around the code base and it just it really uh showed me um just how wrong i was about that um, and, uh, and I, and you know, the way I describe it and the way it's been described to me is that TypeScript really, it gives you guardrails. Like it just, as you're writing code, like it just, you know, it's constantly surfacing stuff to you where you're like, Oh, that's yeah. Right. That's probably could be a string stringer number. And I've got to actually like figure out how I want to, tr- how I want to treat that. If, it, you know, if, um, if I get an unexpected value in there. So that was sort of the 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 background that I, I came to Codepen with. I, I actually had another project that I that I started in TypeScript and that I've been working on. And so I you know I've I've, I've done enough with TypeScript to be comfortable with the language um, and to have a sense for how the the vanilla JS experience and the TypeScript experience really differ from one another. And I think once you've done that, you 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 become sort of sensitized to how uh, to just all the ways in which TypeScript really does keep you on track as far as the quality of your code. Um,
0: okay, so, so you you convert a code paste to, to TypeScript at some point. I think I've heard you say this, And then you're like, holy cap, I bet I found, you know, a dozen, two dozen literal bugs that just disappeared. Yeah, that you just like weren't even aware of. I've been, I've been skeptical of that. That was one of my things where I'm like, how many bugs in the history of CodePen got logged in GitHub that turned out to be a type error? And it's like, what, two or something? And I was like, oh, let's, let's add this complicated crap to our stack for some theoretical types problem that doesn't exist. What would you say to that? Well, I, I mean, I,
1: I think the first response is, um, it's a lot more than you think. Um, And, and that, you know, as you, as you kind of go through the code base, like you'll, you'll be like, oh, I probably, you know, I probably need to be thinking about this. Like, you know, is this a, you know, why is, why am I trying to, why is, you know, why is VS code like complaining about the fact that uh, I, you know, I'm trying to add two values together and one of them's, you know, might be undefined. It's like, you know, you, you sort of untangle, like, why does VS code think this value might be undefined? And then sure enough, like three call sites away um you know there's a there's a way that undefined can get in, get injected into that code path and
0: you're just like oh i had no idea i see i see so i might not even attribute that to a to a type problem like maybe my my understanding of a type problem is like too narrow not like you tried to add two strings together but you meant integer I, or something like almost like cheesy typescript 101 like that but just a possible undefined that that probably is a bug that we've had tons of. Yeah,
1: it's it's and it's you know it's one of those things where you, you like you you might be getting away with it, like you you know maybe it's just never been you know you've, you've just never had a call path that's really triggered that particular problem. It's a bit of a landmine, just sort of waiting to happen. And so there's a lot there's a lot of that sort of stuff that tends to get the, for me at least um, tends to get surfaced.
0: Cool and and so when you look at CodePen, you say this is a big enough important enough code base with enough people working on it that the value is there that that there is a cost to typescript but it's worth paying i i think so i yeah
1: i mean especially you know we we can talk about this more but i think in team environments it really it really comes into its own
0: okay so it fixes types the other one that i always think about cuz it seems to it seems a little more up my alley for whatever reason is that It's it's two pronged. One is that it helps you code in a way, right? Like the as you are literally typing out a function or something or calling a function, the VS code experience, which is like notoriously super great at TypeScript, is almost like helping you fill it out, right? Like, oh, I see you're trying to call this function. Let me assist you. The the intelligence of it kind of grabs those type definitions, right? That's just cool. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's I think there's I think there's there's really two sides to TypeScript. The first is, like, it makes your code better, and the second is, it's actually, it provides a very high-quality form of documentation um, that you don't, you don't otherwise get.
0: Cool, yeah, I look forward to taking advantage of that more. Uh, well, I, we should get into our baby steps into it a little bit, I think. Wouldn't that be nice to know? So we didn't, one thing we didn't do is just decide that, like, every... JSX file in our entire code base. We're just going to make TSX and then <laughs> commit that to master or something. Like we didn't do that. First, we had to set it up, and we have a couple of Next.js instances in our code base, and those are trivially easy to make TypeScript. There, you really can just change the the file, if 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 the tsx file is like within the next universe, it's just fine. It just knows what to do, and it makes it part of the bundle, and it knows how to process this and all that. So that part was easy, right? <laughs> Ish. Yeah,
1: I mean the the next the next side. I think it's it's a little hard to answer that question for Codepen because those next apps are actually built on top of some some shared code. Like we have, you know, we have these packages directories that are Yarn workspaces that are shared not just with the next apps, but also other parts of the code base. Um, and that, that part of things gets a little bit more complicated, but within next, yeah, it was great. You know, you basically just, right. you know, tweak your TS config file. and but
0: CodePen, as we have talked about on this podcast is a mono repo. And one of the reasons it's a mono repo is because not, we have these next apps, but they're not you know, they live side by side. And what also lives side by side is a bunch of shared stuff, pretty much meaning a pattern library, but also like our constants and our utilities. And we have all kinds of fancy stuff outside the root next level. And those are the things that we also would want and would benefit from being TypeScript. And next has no idea what to do with that. When we, I mean, when you know, when
1: I started looking at like, okay, how do we actually sort of bring TypeScript to the table within CodePen? It was, you know, the next apps were pretty simple. The um, you have the the packages, the shared code base, but there's also like we've got Cloudflare workers and we've got Lambda functions and we've got, you know, we've got a a a processors directory off to the side, which is kind of its own thing,
0: and. And our There's, whole Ruby
1: on Rails app, and, and the, yeah, and the yeah, like, and the Rails app, you know, which is its own beast. Um, that I think that for me was the real cha- was probably the most challenging part of all this was there was just so many different contexts in which TypeScript needs
0: to live, and hmm. and you can't just decide, oh, you know what, the Rails app, screw it, we're not going to deal with TypeScript there. You don't we don't have that luxury because if you want to make your component tree TypeScript. Those get pulled in by the Rails app and so it has no choice. It has to deal with it. Right. And you and it's at the end of the day,
1: TypeScript is a compilation step in your build process. And it means your your source files, like they are, you know, they can live right like you know, you have a foo.js file and, and it can get compiled into a foo.ts or a foo. I'm sorry, if you have a foo.ts yeah. file that gets compiled into a foo.js JS file right next to it, or you can put it in a directory. But either way, you have a different set of files that you have to be building on. Yeah, you and, can think of it like SAS or whatever else, right? Just you know, anywhere that you make assumptions in your build process, any scripts you have, any deploy scripts, any of that stuff that makes assumptions about where where code lives, all that stuff breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you have to we, you have to fix it.
2: <laughs> we We tried to avoid having build steps for all these like yarn uh, workspace packages for that reason. We didn't want, number one, we didn't want to deal with like es build and like you know, configuring all the all the like compilation stuff, setting up watchers and like all this for our dev environment. So <laughs> we we didn't have anything set up for m- almost all of those packages. So now introducing like TSC, into that, we then had to go back and you know make sure that we're referencing dist instead of the source folder, and all those little little pain points.
0: And now we do have a watcher, but just one.
1: Two. <laughs> we got two.
0: <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that
2: was a that was a hurdle we had to get over. what What was the What was the uh, point behind
1: the two watchers? Well, so we we've got two watchers. We, we're actually running TSC. We're not running ES Build or SWC or any of the other you know types of typescript compiles. on
0: purpose because we want the we want it to complain about types which the which something like yes build would not right. right
1: so we have a we have a watcher that's running tsc in watch mode which is fine great like uh, any js files any ts files like it compiles those they get they get put into the disk directory and life is great uh, what ts uh, what typescript does not do what tsc does not do is deal with any static assets so if you have css files or images or anything else that you that may need to be copied alongside that source, um, then uh, you're kind of on your own for that. So we have another watcher, which is a um, in development. It's uh, we use the fs watch utility to run rsync um, to synchronize static assets across
0: both directories. So fs watch is a node thing, isn't it, or what it's is that thing? It's a
1: macOS thing. You know, most, we're all running macOS on our on our development boxes, and so it. Yeah, just watches for changes,
0: and then it calls rsync, which is a Ruby thing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> uh, rsync is a Linux thing that goes back to the you know the dawn of time, so it's it'll be on pretty much every every box you 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 develop on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. If ever your your TypeScript watcher was working great, and then I'd be like, "It doesn't work on mine," and you're like, "Oh, it's because I wrote." I don't know. There's a couple of like assumptions in there that turned out weren't on everybody's machine in the yeah. entire world. Oh my god! That, uh, I feel like all those like oh my gods that I'm saying right now are 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 symbols of like multiple days of time of, of <laughs> one, mostly. One
1: thing this one thing this surfaced really clearly was all the assumptions I made about. How my build environment was just like everybody else's, and when in fact it wasn't.
0: Yeah, you know, and a lot of times at CodePen we we don't like that, and we solve that through running everything in a Docker. But you, some stuff just has to. Yeah, even then it's is a little tricky. But some stuff lives outside, and sometimes we put stuff out, outside the dockers on purpose just, cause it, just for ease of life a little bit. Having yeah. to be like, oh, you have to run this command from in the docker means that we need a little special TMUX panel for it. And whatever, you can't just, you know, you can't just do it from the bottom of your VS code or whatever, like you you kind of want to a lot of times. All right, so we, had, we have a TypeScript watcher now that watches all sorts of stuff so that if you want to write a .ts or .tsx file, if there's JSX in there, you just can. And as soon as you hit save, it's watching and it turns it into JavaScript and it puts it somewhere else and everything else that's responsible for importing those things nowhere to find it now anyway so success right
1: it seems to be working i mean we you know we're still we're still dealing with some interesting issues um i won't bore people by going into the details but you know we've got a complex environment and like two or three levels of caching and uh in various tools and and that's its own. That's its own particular, you know.
0: Yeah, it kind of is. Where I think we're we're so close. In fact, we're not even close anymore. We're there. Like we have some of this stuff in production. We're still like. I feel like in two, three weeks from now, it'll be a lot smoother. We're still in this place. It's like when you switch branches, make sure to restart the watcher, or you know, delete the next cache or whatever. We haven't like honed in on like the absolute perfect way to never experience any errors with it, but. But hey, we got some types now and we have, you know, there's been three, four, you know, PRs, I'd say, that that have leaned into using TypeScript and not just, you know, uh, changing the file extension and making it pass, but actually, you know, producing some types and, and that type of thing. And that's what we're most excited about. You know, even, Stephen, just before this call, we were, you know, having a little conversation about what should be what should be a type and when shouldn't and where do you put these common types and do you have to import types or do you just let it be magical and all these fun new conversations about technology right and the in the interest of making types the most useful and
2: uh reusable throughout our application that's a bridge we
0: haven't fully crossed yet right now because i haven't actually written the type yet it feels like oh we have these like new things on codepen we're going to make them we're going to make this master type called widget or whatever and every <laughs> every time any component needs it, it'll just, we'll just pass around the widget type. And that seems very magical and cool to me right now. And But I haven't actually written any code like that yet. So we'll just, just see how magical that feels. It's, I don't think it's going to be that feel. I mean, I won't say
1: it won't feel that magical, but like there's definitely some real substance to the value there. Like I was thinking about, you know, what is, what is, you know, what are the sort of the, you know, concrete examples of how TypeScript bring, you know, really helps. And, um, I mean, this isn't directly relevant to, what I think, what you're talking about, but one of the things that I've found really useful is um, when you're making a request to a JSON API of some sort, um, if you're just using vanilla JS with a XML HTTP request or fetch object, like what you get back is a wad of data. Um, and then that data gets passed around and it goes through your code. God forbid that data should change shape. Like it'll change shape, but you have no way of knowing where your code is going to break if that you know, and where you've made assumptions about what properties are on there. Um, So if you have a type associated with that data, that that wad of data you get back, then you know if it if it you know if the API changes, like you can you can change that type, and TypeScript will tell you like, hey, here's all the places in your code where you're making assumptions about the shape of that data, Um, and that that was one of the big wins for me. Um, early on with TypeScript,
2: yeah, that, that's one thing I haven't seen um, played out too much yet with like our with our type checking because our app is so dynamic that like the static analysis side of TypeScript, I'm wondering how um, it's going to help in those instances where we do have like these dynamic renders coming from the API data that TypeScript isn't necessarily aware of because it's not happening at runtime and so we we had like some discussion about this like with the with types and and prop types in the in the react components.
0: Oh, we didn't even talk about prop types. <laughs> 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 do, let's do it. Types versus prop types. And it's near and dear to my heart cuz at one point we like somebody noticed that we turned off our our Um, There's like an ES lint rule that gives you red squiggles in VS code when you don't have the right prop types in a file. Because I think we are just annoyed by it. Because like when you're in the heat of the moment and you're working on a component, I do find it a little obnoxious that it's like, oh, the size attribute, that's not declared at the bottom of your file with a little dot string dot is required. Man, get out of here. I don't care. It was bitching enough that we just turned it off, I think, and nobody could remember who did it or why. So I'm like, don't worry, guys. I'll turn it back on, and I'll add every prop type at our whole code base, which <laughs> turned out to be like 500 files or something. It was a huge pain in the ass to get done. Oh, that was a huge PR. Yeah, dude. That was a that was a mess. That was a thing. So now along comes TypeScript, and you know, Robert's saying, and not it's not just you, but it's kind of like you do you you know in a perfect world kind of thing you really don't need prop types in your react components if you if you have good typescript they're like they're not exactly the same, but they're kind of the same <laughs> yeah, and
1: actually one question I have is because I haven't done much with prop types like react prop types do those actually do runtime checks or is it right yeah, yeah. they only when, do runtime checks right? right
2: it's it's only runtime, so whenever you're actually rendering the application out and you pass in something that's an invalid prop type you'll get warnings and errors and different things like that
1: yeah so that it's it's so that's really interesting because they're like prop types and typescript you know fundamentally dealing with the same thing of like make sure your data is the right shape but they do it at two very different times um and you know actually we had a i think you and i chris were like when we were working on one of your first TypeScript PRs, it was like, hey, just delete the prop types because you've defined the, the types yeah. in your, the, the signature now. And then we're like, oh, actually, that might have been a mistake because any vanilla JS code that uses that component isn't going to have the static type check that um, yeah. TypeScript provides. Exactly.
0: We're going to leave the prop types in and until we're at... I don't know ninety hundred percent typescript ninety eight percent let's call TypeScript it ninety eight percent yeah well, well even then like it goes back to
2: how dynamic our application is are we getting the benefit of TypeScript when we're rendering the page like completely off API data do do we still see that benefit because I I don't know how like
0: TypeScript or TSC... no it'll never be runtime right right like you'll runtime meaning do you see errors in the console of your browser as you're browsing around the site. Because that's a lot of times that's how we find out about prop type errors. It's the only time you find out about prop type errors. And that's going to be gone in TypeScript plan. But you get you catch it earlier. Don't they call that shift left? They call that shifting left in programming. Right.
1: Because I mean if you have you have this dynamic stuff floating around, like how dynamic is it really? Like somebody somewhere knows what the shape of that data is. Um, and probably at, you know, unless it's really dynamically built, um, like you, sh- you should be able to describe somewhere like this is what we expect this data to be, to look like. Um, and I-, I, think, you know, we're like CodePen is a really big user of GraphQL, which is not something I've worked with TypeScript on. And I'm kind of assuming that, that somebody somewhere has figured out how to, how to deal with TypeScript and, and, you know, the intersection of TypeScript and GraphQL, um, but that's you know that's sort of an unexplored realm for us um, at the, at this point in time.
2: That that's one thing I was looking at. So like the the prop types versus you know just the the types. Like surely other people have these same kind of concerns, and there's probably tooling out there for it. But in all my digging, like all the all the resources for that are years out of date, and you know there's just like no discussion on it. But I'm like, they're they're not solving the same problem, but they. Contain the same data. Like, can't we just pass that information back and forth? Like, isn't there something that can convert, you know, types to prop types, and then we get the benefit of both without having to write it manually
1: both times? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I had sort of a similar problem with um, with another project I was working on at Codepen, which was, you know, I've got TypeScript types, but We have some, you know, we're using Go on the server, and we want to, we want to basically validate data in the Go world, but based on the based on the TypeScript types. And you know, I like like you, I had Googled around and eventually found a you know an npm module that can generate JSON schema files from TypeScript types.
0: Um, I remember you working on that. That was weird. Yeah,
1: and which is actually a really cool. You know, it. You know, when it works, it's really cool. Um, <laughs> but it's. You know, there's a there's a couple of big caveats to that. Um, so it's doable, but you, there's you know there's a few asterisks there.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I like about all this conceptually is that. Just because I've been trying to, you know, explore more of our stack and be more useful across more errors, which has meant a lot of API work, it's meant Go work, it's meant database work, etc. Our Postgres database, which we've switched to in the last couple of years, you know, not that MySQL wasn't, it's also typed. but think of the column types in Postgres. They're typed. You have to type them. You have to say what type a column is in Postgres. There's no alternative, really, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay. And then we build these APIs to ask for data from them we built those apis that connect to this database and pull data out of us in go and go is typed like extremely typed It's very mad at me all the time about types and then (laughs) we feed that data in the api that we're choosing to build is graphql all those queries and such they are typed graphql is typed period you have to it has to be typed and then javascript gets it and so i i guess my uh, argument I'm trying to make is: Isn't it nice then to have TypeScript in the last mile that's also typed? Which I, I think I think I remember telling you that at lunch or something the other day, and you'd be like, "Yeah, but by then it doesn't matter, you know, it's, you know, you're thrice typed at that point. Like, who cares if the last mile has it, you know? But you know, too late, TypeScript now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, okay. God, I hope it's too late to go back. I mean, one, <laughs> one thing that I mean, one thing that's been interesting. For me, about this is, um, and I think that's maybe unique to CodePen is just the the philosophy that I think we all come to the table with when it comes to this sort of change, and specifically with regard to TypeScript. Like, I was, you know, I'm not I'm not a TypeScript fanboy by any means. I was I had a huge chip on my shoulder about Microsoft and anything that came from them for years. Um, but, the you know, it's really sold me on this. At the same time, like, I'm also experienced enough to know, like, this is a big change. And I definitely did not expect people at CodePen to be like, oh, this is phenomenal. We should totally do this. Um, but to everybody's credit, like, I think everybody at CodePen has had this very um, – I think very sort of pragmatic and you know intolerant uh, approach to, the, to approach to this. So, so it's been, you know, th- I would say this hasn't been a um, like a big planned effort. It's more of just like I, you know, I, I had TypeScript, I, I added it in a couple little places in our code base that were nice and standalone. Um, and over the last year or so, I think it's just been kind of building to where like you know it's more and more of like okay, it's it's time to. Start getting serious about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my view. I don't know how, Stephen. I don't know how you feel about it, but, but <laughs> I'm still not sure I know how you feel about it.
2: <laughs> I, at this point, I'm like, take it or leave it. Like, I, I, understand the the theoretical benefit of it. I, I just haven't been in it enough to actually be like, oh, that that really saved our bacon there, uh, from you know, from just some obnoxious error. Um, so I'm I'm getting into it more and uh, honestly I'm I'm still just learning the TypeScript syntax and and everything to to just be able to write it uh more easily. Um and it's man, it's still obnoxious to look at. I I don't think I'll ever get over that, even just being familiar with it. There's just so many uh like I agree it's colons and ugly. repetitions and things that it's uh that that doesn't feel like the right place to put it. That doesn't that doesn't look good.
1: I, I remember that feeling, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just like it doesn't look right. The um, you do get used to it, um, and I to um, Microsoft or VS Codes or whatever. Credit the um, the inferred typing that they do helps a lot. Like I I mean I way back in the day I worked with Java and Objective C two very type languages and um, and I developed kind of an allergic reaction to type languages. out as a result, because they were so hard to work with, and the types were so prevalent in your code. And with VS Code and TypeScript, like it's you only really put types where you actually absolutely have to have them, and everything else is pretty much just you know just the way it was before. So it's you know it's it's ugly to look at, but it could be a lot worse.
0: <laughs> well, we should wrap this up with um, your great analogy, Robert. You. Yeah. <laughs> put that put it in the notes here that that JavaScript is to typescript as as
1: the uh English units of measurement are to metric like, <laughs> I was just like,
0: so anybody left on JavaScript is like America, what with our dumb miles and feet
1: and such well it, at the time I came up with that analogy, it was more about how like America's in this weird like we're English units except for all the ways in which we're metric, which is basically everything that gets imported into this country. And so, you know, ask any car mechanic, like, how many, you know, how many tools they have? And it's like, well, they got an entire set for English and an entire set yeah, for natural. Yeah, tell
0: me about it. Freaking, those little, the, what gets me are the hex wrenches. You got to have, like, a hundred of both. And so, you know, we're in this process of as
1: we're switching over where we're kind of, we've got the worst of both worlds going at the moment, uh, that's really where that analogy came from (laughs) so you're welcome
2: (laughs) our speed limit signs have kilometers and miles per
1: hour oh my gosh yeah exactly
0: we have plenty of stuff in this app that is that is not all the way converted to one thing and I feel like it's normal and not that bad. And I'm hoping that it, this this is one of those things too, you know, like stopping to absolutely complete a conversion from one thing to the other sometimes is useful and sometimes is is like a waste of time. Again, we're this tiny little team, you know, we're not Spotify over here who like could sit around and do nothing and make a billion zillion dollars or whatever. We have to be pretty uh, eye on the prize at finishing some I, larger I take it Spotify is not a sponsor. <laughs> No, I mean, they're great and whatever, and they might disagree, but it's like, you know, you're a highly profitable company and your little technology decisions aren't the only factor in, uh, you know, you existing tomorrow.
2: Listen to CodePen Radio on Spotify or wherever podcasts. uh... (laughs) (laughs) We probably
0: are on Spotify. Thanks, Spotify. Good job with everything. Congrats on buying Remix or whatever you did. Uh, Okay, everybody. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Stephen Shaw. Good conversation. Maybe we'll update you in uh, a year or something and proudly tell you that we're now 74% time screen. I'll be, I'll be coming,
1: coming back here hat in hand apologizing. <laughs> no, we should have
0: used flow. <laughs> All right. See you later. All right. Take care. Greg. Bye. Zero, three, one, eight.